Today is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. May the 4th be with you. Um, surprisingly, I don't think we talked about that. Huh. Anyway, why wasn't the Gospel of Thomas included in the canon? Was it talked about? Why wasn't it? Poor little Gospel of Thomas. Uh, let's find out. Conjoined twins. If one is a Christian and one is an atheist, how does God split that up? And then is it polygamy if they get married? Um, so um, that's interesting. Then we talk about divine simplicity. Spoiler alert, there is nothing simple about it. Um, and baby baptism. And then we meet some guy who we wondered if he's a Christian. We think he's a Christian. Seems like a little bit of legalism. You'll hear. Uh, it's like a thousand questions. Um, anyway, this is a fun and whatever discussion. So enjoy this. Check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon. And you can support us by checking out the Ask a Christian store and grabbing a t-shirt or coffee cup or something. And you could also donate in the donate link on the podcast description. All these links are there. And keep us going and support this podcast. So enjoy. May the 4th be with you. And have an awesome day. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. So what do we know about the Gospel of Thomas and why wasn't it allowed as canon like the other Gospels? The best answer is because, at the time for considering this stuff, it did not exist. <laughs> that is the answer. Nate, so do we know it didn't exist? Because that's just the oldest carbon copy, dated carbon copy of it, right? It's kind of like, I get agitated when people are like, John was written in 125 AD. Well, that's the version they found in Egypt, right? That obviously isn't the original, so it was clearly written before that time. So do you know, do, are you speaking from the place of the oldest carbon dated copy we have or like literature that tells you it was actually written af afterwards? I'm, I'm st talking about the same people that would, you know, talk about the, uh, you know, the ages of all the, um, you know, all the other biblical, quote, biblical writings or stuff around that time. So the same ones that would like, you know, date and th there's a difference. Like you're talking about where they found the copies versus like what they dated the copies to. So like, you know, when people will try to when people will try to say that, you know, they they f date uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you know, like after 100. Well, no one no one takes that seriously. Like most people who aren't Bart Ehrman would would say it's somewhere between like, you know, 90 and 100. And that that's like the, the most critical without being absurd. Um, but then then more the generous side. It would be, um, you know, like 70 to 90. But then for even more generous, and we feel accurate, um, it's not just about dating or where stuff was found. It's about the content of the writings. So, like, you know, it, most Christians, like, I, I mean, it, it's hard to imagine that, you know, Nero in the second, you know, the, what, 70 AD, when the temple in Jerusalem, all that stuff was attacked and destroyed. Um, if the Gospels were written any time during that or after, it would certainly, like, there's so many details about much much less things going on at the time like with with Pilate and all this other stuff like much less than the destruction of jerusalem in 70 ad with nero so if the gospels hadn't been written yet they would certainly include something about nero um or you know the destruction of the city or temple or something like that so it's not just like where the copies were found or what they were dated to that's for the gospels anyways yeah like pretty much everyone is going to say like generously like, like they'll, they'll kind of put all the Gnostic Gospels and say, like, between the, the second, which I, I hate to say that just because some people say it, but the second and fourth century. Most of them will be like third and fourth century. 
Okay. Yeah, there's okay. a warning the church the church fathers wrote about the Gospel of Thomas because it's considered a Gnostic gospel. So they wrote warnings about it um, in the second century that so you can actually go. Got it. So and, and so is it from the perspective of the language was used and all that tells us it was written during that time period? Is that kind of what is the standard? You know, I actually don't know the reason. I mean, maybe one of our, you know what, let's put chat GP to the test. Um, I actually don't know the reason why people typically say that. I just know that that's typically the scholarly answer. So give me a moment. Let's see if we can find the reason why they say that. And, and, and so why are you doing that? I mean, because like, you know, Chris, like there's nothing written, there's nothing we have from Rome about Christianity outside of Paul's writings between like 50 and 100 AD. And we know people must have wrote stuff down, right? But the odds are, you know, they didn't have the clouds, so the record keeping wasn't great, but Romans probably burned a bunch of that stuff. So I'm sure there's like a lot of writings that are just lost. It's the nature of the world at that time. So, you know, things, I, I think it's hard to really know when something was originally written or said, because maybe it was oral tradition and then it was written down later. I mean, so that, that I always felt like was a misty area. Sorry, it's just loud where I'm at. I guess I can unmute if you don't mind my typing. <laughs> Keegan, uh, well, did that start to answer any of your question while I'm trying to find out the reason why yeah, people say yeah, this? Yeah, that was, that was really good. Appreciate it, guys. But I mean, there were certain, I mean, you know, there were certain like, like Gnostic schools of thought around, like, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I read it, but Thomas is the one that's like real heavy about um, uh, how, you know, you, you like Jesus gives you like secret knowledge, right? So, it, okay. So Thomas is either, maybe it's both like the secret knowledge, like Jesus tells you like very secret stuff to get in the kingdom of heaven. And without that, then you, you can't really be saved. Um, but then also like the flesh is bad. So basically do whatever you want because, you know, your spirit's shiny and new because of Jesus, but your flesh is evil. So you can basically do any kind of debaucherous stuff you want because like, you know, like what they accuse Christians of doing all the time. And we say it's not based on good works. They're like, Oh, so drunken orgies. I'm like, well, do you see that? No, you don't. Anyway. So apparently like, you know, the, the Gnostic belief was kind of like that. It's like, well, you know, you believe in Jesus. So, you know, do whatever you want because it's not really you doing it. Your flesh that's evil and bad is doing it. So, you know, do whatever you want but your spirit is shining and clean. Um, so is Thomas that one, or is Thomas the secret knowledge one, or both? Uh, as I was reading Thomas, it seems a lot very like secret knowledge, like, you know, ways to get in the king. I'll read a scripture here in a second about it and see what you guys and, and just from like the perspective of like, you know, Christianity, like we've got, you know, it's like which of these things is not like the other. So you've got, you know, the other gospels and the rest of the stuff that became the New Testament. And all of this talks about how it's freely available. Like, you know, Jesus himself, even in Revelation says, you know, I'll freely give this water of eternal life to whoever wants it freely without payment. And, you know, Jesus says, you know, uh, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, you know, Paul talks about, you know, all who call, or, you know, uh, that's not Paul, but all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I think that's Peter. Paul says, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe God raised Jesus from the dead and confess he is Lord, you'll be saved. So the it's like you've got many, many, many writings talking about how this, this grace of God, this gift of God of salvation is free for anyone who wants it. 
And then you've got like, you know, some of this Gnosticism stuff being like, oh, what's well, actually super secret. You need a decode is spiritual decoder ring. <laughs> it's like, OK, well, just on its face, like, well, this is not like the others. So let's just put that one away um, anyway. Great OK, I, I get back to do, do you not have one of the decoder uh, rings? Uh, yeah, the, the spiritual decoder ring all Christians need is to call upon the name of the Lord, repent and believe the gospel, follow Jesus. And uh, become a disciple like him. That is the spiritual decoder you need. Amen. Which is really, a, I guess, a bad decoder. Amen. <laughs> Hello, Michael, the Canadian atheist. Can I ask a question based on what you were saying, Nate? Oh, yeah, I actually don't see you on. Oh, you bet. Yeah, there you go. I had to refresh to see you. Yeah, what's up? Okay, so for eternal life, um, which means eternal security. Um, like we're a spirit being and, and so when we're reborn, so uh, that gives us eternal security. Um, but I believe, uh, and I don't know if maybe anyone shares what I, I believe. Uh, I believe that we're broken, like even though <clears throat> uh, we're spirit life, I, I believe we're broken without Jesus Christ um, because the life, the fountain of life is Jesus. And so the life that we receive through our spirit is through Jesus. Cause Jesus said, you know, I am the bread of life. <clears throat> so it is to my opinion that, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that our sonship uh, doesn't, uh, so meaning our spirit life doesn't tell us, uh, isn't the source of our eternal security, but Jesus Christ is our source of eternal security, meaning Jesus Christ is our eternal security. Because if we go to John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have eternal life. So he gave his son and then we have eternal life. So Jesus Christ is our fountain of eternal security. Uh, but I don't know if you would agree with me or I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm just a learner, you know, so go ahead. and. Oh, well, yeah. And to wrap up this other thing real fast, uh, then we'll get to that question. You bet. Um, so CEO and Keegan, um, Let's see, this isn't based on carbon dating because it was apparently written on quickly decaying organic papyrus. Uh, you know, the, the was it like animal hide or what? Uh, it wasn't animal, it, wait, whatever it was. The papyrus or whatever it was written on, I guess is quickly decaying. So there was no carbon dating on this. So I guess that's not a thing um, for the Gospel of Thomas. Anyways, so it was found in Egypt in the Nag Hammadi Library um, in 1945. And apparently the reason people think that it could be written in the second century is because they're in the library that contained all these other texts that people also, I guess, just happened to believe was written in the second century. Since the Gospel of Thomas was found in this collection, that's why people would say it could be written in the second century. So no carbon dating or anything like that, and not even like the earliest found copy. Uh, this just appeared in a collection in a library in 1945 with a bunch of other stuff that they think, for some reason, is second century. So that's that's the answer to your question. Mm. 
Um, uh, Yvette, uh, yeah. does anyone want to speak to Yvette's question real fast? I mean, it seems like one for free will Chris, libertarian free will Chris. Okay, fine. Uh, Yvette, can you recap that for me? <laughs> okay, sure. It's because I've heard many times, well, you're uh, a child of God, so you have eternal security, but uh, wouldn't it be more accurate to say you have Jesus Christ, so you have eternal security? That's all I was asking. Oh, I, I would just hand wave that. It doesn't matter how you say it. Like, you have eternal security because you, you've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. You you have eternal security because Jesus rose from the dead and you place your eternal faith in him to save you. Uh, you ask Jesus for this water of life. Like, no matter how you how you sp how you say it, the point is, it's Jesus, uh, you know, because no one comes to the Father except through him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be super critical on unless it gets really weird. But no, you can you can say, oh, I'm, I have eternal security because I'm a child of God. Well, how are you a child of God? Because of Jesus. So, I mean, that, that's my answer. If anyone else wants to be a lot more strict on that, maybe Bubs. <laughs> I, I can I can speak on this. Um, yeah, I think that Jesus. What? Are you an atheist? No, I'm Christian. Oh, okay. Didn't we talk to you like right. yesterday? I don't know. Oh. I have a short memory. Um, but what I was saying is, um, I, we may be strewn or, you know, taken off path, but if we look towards Jesus, you will always find the way to the holy land per se and when you're following that path and not going astray or or letting letting temptation take you by the hand but you instead focus on that path yes you are secured by jesus because you have jesus in your heart wow that makes a lot of sense okay what's up bubs it's been a while bubby oh, what's up Hey, Bubby, I think Veritas there wants to fight you. No, that's cool. He can fight me if he wants to. Thanks. It's because I've heard a lot of uh, people say Jesus plus nothing, and so uh, I just wonder what that meant. Like, what? Oh, what Jesus, Jesus plus nothing is, is whenever people are fighting the Jesus plus works people. So it's like when they say oh. faith, faith plus works. Like, you know, you have to have faith in Jesus, but you also have to do good works because if you don't do good works, hell with you. Um, that's that's where that comes from. It's It's like internal fighting between the, you know, Jesus plus nothing, meaning Christ alone. And, uh, you know, Jesus plus something like Jesus plus being a good person, Jesus plus doing right. good stuff. Wait, um, Jesus wasn't doing pluses. That's the difference that that right there is the crux of the whole thing. The people that say Jesus plus you have to do good works and you have to be a good person. No, everyone, everyone, everyone is saying everyone believes that everyone believes that it's Jesus plus you will do good works. You will be a good person. But the difference is. Is it Jesus is salvation? Like how you, how you should live your life is, of course, Jesus plus do good works. Faith, you know, religion without good works is dead. Or, or why can't James you just be Jesus? But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of seeing how long this goes, but I mean, I know we had the big talk the other day, which you said you're like a homosexual atheist and your mom. What? No, I did not. What the fuck are you talking about? 
Thanks for playing. You know, honestly, if this is like a cry for mental health, that was a conversation and we had it and it's on replay for the world to see. So if you honestly don't remember, which I don't know, maybe you don't, um, I would seriously reach out to a mental health professional. If you need a number, let us know your area code and we will be happy to Google some stuff for you. So uh, stay here. Don't freak out and go crazy in chat. I don't want to, I don't want to like remove you. So just keep it together. But anyways, yeah, that's weird, right? So yeah. Anyway, so the whole thing is is salvation requirements. So how you live your life, yes, you should believe in Jesus, and then you should also, you know, do good stuff because why would you not? Jesus did good stuff. He says, you know, you should be like me, learn from me. So you should do good stuff. The only difference is for salvation. So for salvation, does your doing good stuff have anything to do with salvation? And the answer for some is yes. The answer for others is no. That That's the thing. So Jesus plus nothing for salvation for how you live your life. Well, yeah, you should... You should, it, Jesus plus, you should do good stuff. What, are you going to do bad stuff? That's not, that's not the right answer. Right. I also uh, heard people say, without Jesus, you're no one. You're nobody without Jesus. So I believe that if you're a child of God, you have to have Jesus living in your heart. There's no way that you can be a child of God without having Jesus Christ living in your heart. Because through Jesus Christ, God is your father. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like if there's any confusion, it's just because of stuff people say. And I, I mean, I would just, maybe I'm too lax, but I would just like hand wave like all that away. Like it's just people saying like stuff that, I don't know, like super strict people like Chris may call them on it and be like, no, you have to say it exactly this way. And I mean, it's kind of like the thing when people say like, you know, God told me the other day. I'm like, well, when people say God told me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hear that in my ear as, you know, you're inspired, you're convicted one way or, you know, something other than like God whispered in your ear. While, while Chris may correct them and be like, God does not whisper. <laughs> anyway, so. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thank you so much. I already got my answer. Um, well, Chris, I wonder what you think of um, Dr. King's famous moment where he said that he was going to quit the civil rights movement, and he said he heard the voice of Jesus tell him not to quit and to continue on. I think there's all kinds of people that hear all kinds of things all kinds of times. I mean, we just have no epistemology that's going to tell me that that is the God of the universe. It could be, you know, all, all sorts of things that you can hear in your head. I'm not saying he was crazy or anything. I'm just saying, like, you know, all kinds of people have all kinds of experiences all the time. What we have to do is we have to look at Scripture and filter our experiences through Scripture instead of Scripture through our experiences. Hey, Vic, what's up, Vic? Hello. Um, I had a question, a sort of a follow-up question to what Yevet actually said. I heard this um, a few days ago on Clubhouse. Um, I have some thoughts on it, but I also wanted to hear, like, what, you know, other people's thoughts or, like, Christian's thoughts are on this. Uh, so this person was saying uh, that Job uh, put his... I don't want to say salvation, but they said something like in his good works, um, which is why he wasn't righteous. And he was like, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sorry, he, he was wicked. 
in the eyes of God because he was putting his salvation in his works, which is not what I've actually understood. But, you know, clubhouse, there's a lot of, you know, uh, teachings. Um, Because uh, when we look in the New Testament, we'll see Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and life, or, or the only way. And then you hear someone say, after knowing that New Testament about Job, I was wondering what is um, your thought on that? Like, was he doing salvation plus good works or was he just focused on good works? Well, the biggest thing I say is, first of all, when you talk, you mentioned like, you know, people in Clubhouse. Yeah. Like if someone if someone's like a new convert or like is open to being like led in different directions, Clubhouse is probably one of the worst places for you. Um, I, I just saw a I just saw a video. Uh, it wasn't a clubhouse. It was clubhouse adjacent. That was talking about um, this husband and wife looked very, very pastoral. Looked like exactly what you'd expect like a good, wholesome church couple to look like. And then their video was all about how like the mar- Bible was the mark of the beast and the Bible was satanic and a trick from the devil. Um, so, you know, um, there, there's all kinds of people that are just absolute nuts. Um, and so, by the way, if the, if, if the Bible is the devil and is evil. What does that mean? All the good stuff the Bible talks about doing, you should do the opposite because it's bad. So when it says love, you hate. I don't know. That that seems kind of bad. But yeah, so like clubhouse theology, like unless you like, you know, have a, I know you do, but unless you like, you know, have kind of like a biblical head on your shoulders and kind of know the basics. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got like baptized crying, like, you know, Bob joking about the Trinity, like you've got all kinds of like not so stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as Job goes, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it like the very first sentence of Job? Uh, doesn't it say like there was a righteous man named Job living in whatever land he was living in? Like, isn't that like one of the very first sentences of the book of Job? Like that, that's yeah. my entire <laughs> argument right there. Like we can talk about like what the 42 chapters or something, 41, 42 chapters. But I mean, I'm just going to throw out that argument right there and be like, hey, yeah, when you start reading and it's like, this is the book of Job. Now there was a righteous man. Say no more. Done. <laughs> yeah, that that is so valid. I should have used that. But it's so strange. <laughs> um, anyone else have anything to say about that? Talking about Job, there's a beautiful song uh, called "A Man Named Job." Everyone should listen to it. It's a, it's a great song. I just saw another video. Gosh, all I do is see videos and talk about God on Clubhouse. I just saw this video. It was "Amazing Grace" by uh, this heavy metal vocalist. It was pretty cool. Um, anyway, that's all I got. Uh, Victoria, did that um, answer? Was it you in a wig? Because that would be stupid. If I had a voice for singing, you would not know who I am. Um, well, because presumably I would have been good enough to, you know, be a singer and not do this. I feel like I feel like you could form a band with like and be like the drummer, and because uh, I think you play the drums, right? Yes. Bubs, do you sing? Chris, do you sing? We just need a vocalist. Bubs can play. What do you oh, play saxophone? I don't sing. I mean, Bubs is like a like a stupidly talented musician in like everything. He's one of those annoying people that picks up an instrument and just plays it. I, I do drums, but then the rest of the stuff, it's like a jack of all trades, master of none. So I can like you know very very basic, which is effective. I mean, in my humble prideful opinion. <laughs> But I mean, you know, I, I play guitar moderately okay. I play keyboard moderately okay. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not like a master of any of it. Drums is my main thing. 
And bass. I mean, that's that's easy. You can hand Bubby a rain stick, and he could play Beethoven on it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> My wife can sing her face off. Oh well, there's our singer. Oh yeah, man, you now you got a band. It'll be like, it'll be like, it's, it's one of those bands. Oh, is it a Christian band? Like, well, the lead singer is an atheist. Be like, oh, they're not a Christian band. Yeah. I actually have a playlist of, of my wife singing on my phone. Um, she, uh, she did it for me as a, a birthday present a bunch of years ago. Um, yeah, she's, she's amazing. Uh, morning, everybody. My fiance's vocal performance major. Oh, yeah. If I did I that got, for my uh, wife, she would divorce me. So, Nate, I got a bunch of stuff this morning. Oh, okay. Oh, man. So the first... So, so the first thing is, happy Star Wars Day. May the fourth uh, be with you. Um, the second thing is, um, you and Chris both live in Florida, so I'll be down there Saturday night because I need a place Uh-oh. to sleep to uh, see the, the Miami Grand Prix on Sunday. Um, wait, 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 wait. Because you mentioned that, I'm sorry I have to do this. What team do you follow and support? Oh, Red Bull. Who's your favorite driver? Uh, it's a tie. I love Max and I love Checo. Okay. Well, I am a lifelong Red Bull fan ever since 2009. Right. I just want to say, <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Okay. I appreciate your support for Red Bull. We have a new livery that's coming out for the Miami GP that got posted on the Red Bull page. You should check that out too. Yeah. And, I've already seen uh, Max is gonna, Max is gonna dog walk this, but Checo Street Circuit God Checo is coming through soon, so we'll see how that turns out. But it looks like it's going to be Checo versus Max for the championship this year. But okay. yeah, I'm a okay. I'm a Formula okay. One fanatic, so I just have to hop in there. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, okay. Uh, third, um, this is just to troll Chris a little bit. When he was when he said a few minutes ago about hearing voices in the mind, I actually think that's the only place people hear the voice of God because that's the only place he resides. Um, but um, la- lastly, and most importantly, is a question. And this question will sound like it's like it's trolling, but I think you all know me well enough to know I don't do that. It's a, it's a genuine question. It, I actually, I woke up this morning and it was the first thing I thought about for some strange reason. Imagine this. You have conjoined twins. Okay. Um, so basically, let's say from the, from the chest down, conjoined. So two heads, two arms, two legs conjoined. One is a Christian and one is an atheist. What happens? So based on our opinion of, of how our opinion stands at this, if the doctor couldn't do the surgery, God just did. Um, So uh, my serious answer would be, uh, you know, however that works, if there's the presence of two souls and, you know, each is in control of, of, you know, their own soul, then they're individual people. If there's some way, I don't even know how that works between like, you know, there's so much language between the heart, but is that the brain or what's the consciousness or what's the seat of one's being? Um, you know, so if it's if it's one, then I, I, I don't know if different thoughts make that. But ultimately, you know, if there's if there's two souls, two directions, um, if there's if there's one soul, then it, regardless um this is going to be a god has to deal with this right god knows the heart um even if there's two or if there's one uh god knows that heart or hearts 
Um, so there, there's no no real way. Like all we can do is give opinions. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I would think like you know it's it's you know if you have two two people speaking, um, you know like they both have their own brain activity and their own brains and stuff like that. Then I, I would think they can make up their minds for themselves, and that would I mean. How, well, wherever the, the soul is or like what i said that that's the crux of it there that they still live as individual persons regardless even if they're conjoined showing that they have some faculties that are not conjoined within each other being that of their rationality in their head their brain their brains working and then their actions that they can perform using their brain etc cetera, etc cetera. Both of those are completely separate, showing that both of them have two separate wills there as well. Them having two separate wills as us just being human means that they could have two separate souls there as well. So because they have those two separate wills, I would be inclined to believe they have two separate souls. One that does believe in God, one that doesn't believe in God. Soul that does believe in God goes to heaven. Now, if you want to ask me necessarily how their glorified body will look like in heaven, don't ask me. I'm not the person that makes that. But I do know that soul-wise, one's going to heaven, one's going to hell, and we know that there are two souls because conjoined twins doesn't necessarily imply a conjunction of soul as well. And, uh, you know, as for how I would treat them if they were in this room, um, that's funny. See, I even said they. I divided them up. So I, I think it's kind of, like, intuitive that, that they're hey. separate individuals. But uh, how hey, I would hey. treat them, you know, the one – oh, I'm sorry. Michael, what's the thing you say? Did my sentence – that, that thing did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours thank you michael <laughs> um oh man it's still happening can you hold on two seconds harold uh oh hang on okay yes go ahead harold i was just gonna say it oh, sounds uh, but what like, i was oh go ahead harold i was just gonna say what it really would sound like <laughs> how's it feel go ahead brother go ahead I was just saying how I would treat them. I would treat the one, you know, as a believer, as a believer, and the one that wasn't, like, I would treat them as, you know, the atheist they identify as. Uh, go ahead, Harold, for real. Well, I was going to say, uh, if you got two conjoined people and God has to save the one and not the other, it sounds like he's really going to have his work cut out for him. Uh -oh. uh... That was a Okay, I need to I need to go get my rolling pin so I can smash myself in the face. Um, you no, asked for it. Yeah, no, but it's it, it, and it's interesting, right? Like I, I, I honestly, I woke up this morning. I'm like, huh? I wonder. And it, it, that's about as far as it went. And then well, you so had when, to, oh god, I did it. I thought you were yeah. honestly done. Sorry. Continue. No, no worries. So when I so when I got up, I I went online and I just started kind of googling conjoined twins and stuff like that, and I found a few different stories about how like there's this one there's this one uh woman who's a conjoined twin um but one has a boyfriend and it's like uh I don't want to know how you make that work out um so yeah it, it anyway it was just it was it was an interesting thought experiment I saw that story Michael um I, I forget where it was I, I it's got to be the same one like it was talking about, made, yeah, how one had they? a boyfriend how how one had a boyfriend and the other didn't I'm like well is that like two for one so again, um, but, we have to figure out who we have in common on Facebook, Nate. <laughs> I, I because... think it's one of the Facebook. Okay, I bet uh, the Facebook group I see this on. Um, I'm sure you're a member of like. Uh, okay, there's this one Facebook that's like you might be a heretic if or sounds like progressive Christianity, but uh, but okay. And it's these it's these groups that you know like look on other Facebook groups 
to find the most like outlandish things like you know like bad arguments against god like you know ridiculous stuff and so they often share stuff from those groups to this group so i don't think we're a member of the same group i think you're a member of one of these other groups so there's probably some like atheist group or you know something like that that you're a member of that someone who is in charge of the you might be a heretic or you know one of these groups often goes to to get articles and posts from and then shares it to the christian group I, I guess just, that's how it happens. Did you just other me? Uh, I don't. I don't know. What did I? What did I do? You, just um, met, you said one of those other groups. I just. I'm just messing oh. with. Yeah. You just. But you had. To, you had to arrive at the kind of the same conclusion we did, right? Like with your with your understanding of the stuff. Like you. You probably had to say, well, you know, whatever a soul is, I guess. I guess you know the Christians would say, well, you know, God certainly knows, right? Yeah, I was. I it was morbid curiosity as to what you guys were going to say. Honestly, that's all. So if we're saying that they're two souls, Nate, in the story, which I believe they got married, actually, is what I saw of uh, the conjoined twins who used to was on like TLC or whatever. And now they've married a man um, because he married one of them or both of them. I don't really know. Is he then having does he have two wives? Like, how does the state see this? Is this the one that was also a Christian or that was a separate question? How does the Bible see that? Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, it would have to be, it would have to be Romans 14. There, there's no way you could argue for, you know, that being like two wives, like legitimately. Wait, and, and can you that. Romans 14, um, you ran a polyamory? Well, no, that's what I, that, <laughs> hold on, hold, hold on, hold on there. Okay. Round of applause. Round of applause. Standing ovation. Okay, okay well, young whippersnapper. The well, point well, is. No, you cannot. So we're all on the same page. The point is, apparently if, not. You're try, if you're trying, if you're trying to prove that this is, I mean, don't make me mute you. I can't talk this loud. Um, the point is, if someone's trying to prove an argument that these are like one or two people, then someone could, you know, just as just the same, argue that no, it's actually one person because reasons. Um, I probably wouldn't agree, but that was the point I was trying to make. So if they're like, and if you have two individual people standing side by side, not conjoined. It seems fairly obvious. If you have two conjoined, well, then it's like, well, it's two people. I'm like, no, it's one person. I'm like, no, it's two people. No, it's one person. That was the point. You could like, okay. you could go back and forth. Wait, so so it would become, well, it would become, well, I'm listening. It would become saying, okay, well, you say this is two, but I'm totally saying it's one. Do they really believe it's one? Because if they're saying it's one, but they're violating their own conscience, then it's sin because they know it's two. That was the point I was trying to get out. So they can say it's one, but deep in their heart, do they actually believe it's one? Because okay. if not, well, then that's sin. So here's here's my here's my I guess my devil's advocate counter. Why do I get start in the morning? <laughs> so basically, think about it like this: What if somebody in their head thought it's not a rela- it's not an actual relationship until I get married? And let's say you ask them, how many girlfriends do you have? Wait, was that the question? Oh, we got a phone call. Much like Daniel in the line. <laughs> it was up. my girlfriend calling me. So. How uh, many it, do you have? <laughs> one. So ba- basically, imagine asking them, how many girlfriends do you have? And he says, one. And you see him when, in a relationship with like five people. You're like, <laughs> you're basically saying why are you saying one when you have five people there? It's like, 
because in my heart, I'm only married to one of them. So technically, my relationship only counts with one of them. It's they're, not polyamory. And he genuinely believes, and he like genuinely believes that, right? Would that be a Romans 14 issue? Okay, so I want to say, first of all, a I mean, serious question right now? Well, yeah, because I mean, there would be people that, based on the paradigm that well, Nate just well, gave. On, there would, I mean, there would be undoubtedly people in this world that would do that. Like we probably met some of them. Well, first of all, Bubs, for the record, I agree with what you're saying. Like it's totally too. I agree. Um, but I was trying to pre pre uh, preemptively advocate for I guess your future devil. So so <laughs> maybe I like devils advocated earlier. Okay. But that, that's what I was doing. So my position is your position. Like yeah, I could not I could not justify that as being uh, you know one person. Um, but for those who do. And then that's your that's your real question. So the premise is they're not just saying it; they actually believe it. So if they actually believe it, then are they mental? Like, are they mentally deficient? Like, is there like is there a legitimate mental problem? Because the premise isn't like they're just saying it and trying to trying to believe it or say, they're saying it to get around the system, but they actually believe it. Well, then you know, God have mercy on them. Maybe yeah, one of the people there's, that you know, don't have the people... faculties to. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't take it any differently than somebody like Michael that genuinely doesn't believe in God or genuinely doesn't think that some things are sins, right? Like, I wouldn't say he's mentally deficient. I would just say that his heart is hardened. Like, I, I think that's how I'd put it. Ser serious question, though, before you get into it, Nate. If, Bubby, if Michael were a Team Ferrari fan, would you then say he's mentally deficient? If he was a Mercedes fan, I would say he's essentially a vegetable. So if he's a <laughs> if he's a Ferrari if he's a Ferrari fan, I would do nothing but sympathize for him because my lord, Ferrari fans have just not had any good seasons without disappointment, and for the last like I don't know twelve, fifteen years, and they haven't gotten anything out of it. The last exciting thing they had was when Fernando Alonso took their crappy car in 2012 and made it a championship contender. But then my father, Sebastian Vettel, took him out easily in our Adrian newey designed RB9. But other than that, uh, but yeah. But wait, isn't there, an, isn't there an American team? Wouldn't they be yeah. considered the worst? Uh, uh, there, uh, Haas, a, yeah. Oh, no. Haas isn't the worst team right now. Right now, the worst team is probably McLaren or Alpha Tauri at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, closely, okay, closely, closely fed by Williams, I think. But yeah, yeah cl closed that, by Williams. Yeah, I think the I, most. I just, I, yeah, I think all you have to do when you think about Ferrari is think about lap lap five at Baku when uh, Max <laughs> yep. passed uh, Max passed uh, Charles like he was standing still. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I am not a Mercedes fan, but I am a Lewis fan. Um, and I also think Total. I also think Total Wolf is hysterical. Chris, I blame you for this. I've just displayed my entire Grand Prix knowledge right there. I thought it was pretty good that I knew there was an American team. Um, I mean, okay, so, well, I'm, just, okay, I'm so, just trying to derail the conversation as much as possible today. Well, Blue, Blue's been waiting, so let's wrap this up and get to Blue and see what hell he has in store for us. But I, I would say, uh, honestly, to the person in question, um, if it was the conjoined twins or whatever, and one was a Christian, one was an atheist that just got married, um, if, if, they showed up to my, if they showed up to my church, um, I, I would, that's so far above my pay grade, trying to be like, is it one, is it two? Um, I, I, I mean, you know what, I, I'm just going to treat them as, you know, okay people in the church without doing some like, you know, polyamory, you know, like sin type thing, because that, that is honestly, I'm, I'm not judging that. That is so far above my pay grade. Um, that's between them and God.
Um, anyway, that's how I would actually handle that. Um, that's, that's, yeah. What, what is Chris, Chris, what do you think about the conjoined things? Or is it just, it's, it's all the way God wanted it anyway? What do I think about conjoined twins? I don't, I don't think. No, no, no. The, the scenario that I, that I propose. Well, I would agree with Nate and Bubby. So you're not a Calvinist anymore? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, hey, let me clip that dirty. real quick. Let me clip, share clip. Okay. Isn't isn't um, that isn't that by by default, Nate? I'm pretty sure that that he just you know in a default way, in a roundabout way, said you were right, didn't he? I heard that. I yeah, think yeah, Nate's right all the time. Don't get triggered, Chris. I mean, he's right about he 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 talks about compatibilism wonderfully, and he's a great brand new Calvinist, and I think we should all embrace that. Now you're projecting. Oh boy. Um, Blue, what's up, a fight this morning. <laughs> How's your day going, Blue? What have you got for us? I wanted to know something about uh, baptizing a baby. Is it something like symbolic or is it literal? What do I mean by that is, what if someone did not baptize their baby for a few days and that baby died? Is he literally going to hell or is it just a symbolic thing Christians people do? Thank In you. In my humble opinion, uh, you'll get different answers. My answer is, in my humble opinion, the baptism of a baby is not going to play any uh, way, one way or another, on their eternal soul. That's that's a God decision, and God knows. Uh, as far as baptism, no. Um, I believe, like, you know, baptism is totally symbolic, even for adults, babies, it doesn't matter. Baptism is symbolic, symbolic that you're a follower of Christ, you're choosing to be a disciple of Christ and follow him. Uh, so that is baptism, in my humble understanding. Um, for babies, we typically... In my belief, you know, we'll just kind of like dedicate a baby, which is basically like, you know, ask the parents like, you know, you're going to promise to raise this kid in, you know, in the way of God and, you know, kind and blah, 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 loving and all this stuff. Like, you know, how Jesus, Jesus lives and teach them the ways of Christ and stuff like that. Um, so that that's typically what we do concerning babies. So it has nothing to do with actual baby. There's no no water, no baptism, nothing like that, because we think the baby needs to be old enough to actually understand stuff uh, to make such commitments. Um, so I don't think one way or another baptism has anything to do about the eternal state of a baby. There are plenty of people who would disagree with that. Um, as somebody who baptizes babies, they're going to <laughs> disagree based on opinion or based on scripture. Well, of course we're both going to say it's on scripture, but it's really, well, go ahead, Aviana. Um, I would agree with Nate that it is not right, that it, that it is not salvific. I don't believe that if, I have a child and, and, and my child dies um, that because they weren't baptized that they're going to go to hell. I don't, we don't believe in what's called baptismal regeneration. Um, I do believe that is more than just a symbol. I believe that it's bringing the child into the covenant um, that baptism now replaces circumcision. But I agree that it does not, um, that we don't, Basically, we don't believe in baptismal regeneration, so it's not a a salvific issue. If baptism was a thing, I'm if baptism was the thing, I'm totally fine because uh, I was baptized apparently. Um, but I I think I think the whole th the issue around baptism is is interesting. My my father in law Chris's little thing there is making me chuckle. Um, the, my, my father-in-law, who's a staunch Catholic, who I have great discussions with on a regular basis about religion, 
uh, his granddaughter was getting baptized right, into the Catholic tradition, obviously. And so I decided to mess with him because I guess like in the, on that day, like this morning, I felt like picking a fight. So I said to him, I said, oh, are, are you going to have because he's a he's a staunch NDP, uh, essentially for anybody in the US, he Bernie Sanders, he, he's a socialist. Um, and so I said, I said, oh, are, are you going to have the local representative from the ADP party there at the baptism as well? And he's like, well, why? I'm like, well, because you're, you're getting your granddaughter baptized. So obviously she's going to be joining the political party too at the same time, because she knows just about the political, much as a political party as she does about the religion you're baptizing her into. And he just kind of gave me this look and his face went red. Um, and, uh, and it, it was, it was kind of fun. And I understand the idea of, of doing it, but I guess it, it, like fr from my perspective, you know, heathen that I am, I, I would hope that I, I almost look at it the same way as as people who are Jewish that wear that wear yarmulkes, right? Like as if as if God, if he were real, wouldn't know. Like he he needs a symbol uh, of this, and and so it kind of just it 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 almost makes me think it's like if if this is something you feel like you need to do, I I don't think you have a lot of quote unquote faith in in your God. Like, I would really like want to hear the opinion of people who believe the opposite of Nate, who believe that God will send their babies to hell because the baby had lazy parents. Um, How would so they you, explain that? Well, you would need to find a Catholic um, or Catholic Jason. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you would so have I mean, I mean that's because I, yeah, I mean that's the answer. Like I can't, I can't do it justice. Do you know how they I know explain it? What, hey, I, 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 that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I know enough to get them wrong. Like I, I don't know enough to properly say it how they would, but they would say something about because you know they use church tradition, all kinds of other stuff besides the Bible. Because I guess you know the words of Christ aren't enough. See, I'm already messing up how they'd say it. Um, but the point is, they would get it. They would justify it by getting into a lot of other stuff that. Um, we don't consider canon. They would bring up sources from Maccabees, um, you know, talking about like how you can like pay penance to get people out of purgatory and hell. And like that gets into it. So they're going to use a lot of other church tradition and stuff that's not in the Bible in order to justify or in order to tell you why they believe infant baptism um, is a thing. So I, I know that's as much as I know. I don't know enough to properly explain it, uh, but you can just take our word for it that it's wrong. Well, I, I would say that, well, I'm definitely not Catholic. Um, I'm Reformed Presbyterian, and I believe that we can derive from the actual canon that infant baptism is true. The difference is, though, is that, right, uh, Presbyterians don't believe in baptismal regeneration like Catholics do. Um, we don't believe that if, you know, our baby doesn't get baptized, that they're going to go, that they're going to go to hell. Um Whereas for a Catholic, that it's very important, you know, for the child to be baptized right away. That's why, like, if a child was, you know, dying, they would have to have a priest come, right, and to administer um, baptism and along with, like, last rites and things of that nature. So it's, I don't think it's more of, right, is is what we would call pedo-baptism um, correct, but is it is it necessary for, for salvation? And Ooh, I would, yeah. I would say no. You know, what would be interesting uh, is, is baptized here. Oh, he is bring, bring baptized up and ask him if the baby does get baptized, if it has to be in a pool of tears, cause that would be gross. Now you are just trolling. I think baptized doesn't even believe that. I told um, you, I felt like picking a fight this morning. 
<laughs> what about that was unclear? <laughs> uh, yeah, Blue. So, so if, unfortunately, we are not Catholic enough to be able to tell you what our reason for babies going to hell if they're not baptized are. Because, uh, you know, even Eviana, uh, you know, tried her best. God bless her. Okay. Um, but, but, you know, doesn't believe that it's a salvation issue where Catholics would. So, um, Okay, yeah. can I ask on you? On one hand, I want to say ask a Catholic. On one hand, I want to say, heck no, don't ask a Catholic. But to get the correct answer to bad information, yes, you would need to ask a practicing Catholic. If you want. Okay, I can could... I ask you a risky question? Uh, give us one second. Let, let Blue get, uh, give his response, and then we'll get to you. Uh, Blue, did you have a follow-up or anything else to say about that? Um, no, I'm done with the baptizing. Okay, parasitic. Uh, um, I'm assuming that patristic might be Catholic. Patristic? I just saw a real Catholic saw parasitic. My bad. Patristic. Are you, uh, well, yeah, ask your question, and then we'll find out if you're Catholic, and maybe you can answer his question. Yeah, I'm Catholic, but um, I just kind of wondered if it to clarify the position on baptism, because it largely comes from the councils of Florence and Trent, um, that it's necessary for infants to be baptized. Um, and it is that it baptism is the normative means of washing away the stain of original sin. Um, and But Catholics would say that if an unbaptized baby dies, um, it would go to what is called infant limbo, uh, which isn't a place of suffering. It actually is usually described as peaceful and bliss, but it's still a deprivation of the kingdom of God. Um, and there has been more question about, you know, baptism is the normative means of removing original sin, but there is a chance that some infants could possibly go to heaven. So, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up, but that's all. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Blue, you got your answer. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, uh, you had a question too, Patristic. Yeah, um, I had a second question. Am I allowed to ask a second one? Uh, well, hang on. I, I thought Patristic said he had a question, or unless you just wanted to clear that up. Oh no, I just kind of wanted to clear that up since it oh, okay. was brought up. Well, I appreciate your answer. Uh, yeah, Blue, go ahead. Um, yesterday I heard you saying that the Bible's the book of God, and any other books are by the devil by default. Am I right? Uh, so to clarify that, uh, I, I mean, that doesn't mean like, you know, I don't think Satan sat down and like wrote the books. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Point, I know. I know. What you yeah. Mean. My, my, my point, my point in saying that is like, yeah, I know in, your for, point. Yeah. Yeah. For practical application, if it's leading you away from God, then yeah, yeah you may as well consider clear. the devil. Yeah. So, so the point is like, yeah. you know, there could be another religion that the devil's like, yeah, I didn't do anything with that. I don't have anything to do with it. It could, it could totally be like man-made. Uh, but the point is, if it's leading you away from God, that's bad. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. And today I heard you saying about that lady speaking about the Bible, accusing the Bible of being the devil, the devil's book. So yeah. you replied by saying, what about the good things mentioned in the Bible? Uh, so yeah. can we use your reasoning on the other books and say, what about the good things in the other books? that are not the Bible? What do we do with them? Like, well, let's so say I, for yeah. if one of the other books says, do not lie. And the Bible even says, do not lie. Uh, yeah, so, you know, to, to go back to that conversation when I did say that, well, not exactly that way, but I was saying, like, they, they were making their case that 
like they were coming from quote a Christian position, um, and the case they were making is that the Bible is you know evil and is the work of the devil and is the uh, um, is the mark of the beast. So I'm thinking, okay, if you say you're a Christian and you're saying that the Bible is the mark of the beast and the Bible is evil, then what does that mean? Because typically you want to do the opposite of evil. So my whole my whole thing was directed at if they're saying the Bible is evil, then does that mean the stuff in the Bible that is good, that says, you know, you should be good, you should be loving, you should follow Christ, Christ is the way. Does that mean then that that is all wrong and you should do the opposite? Because if you call yourself a Christian and you're doing the opposite of the Bible, then you're going to be a really evil type of person. So whenever I said that, it was to like kind of counter that insane argument. But yeah, to your point now, uh, no, it's not. I mean, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So, like, you know, people often talk about the golden rule, you know, was written in other places and it wasn't original with Jesus. Well, who cares? It didn't have to be like, you know, there's plenty of religions that, you know, also say uh, what is sin is some things the Bible calls sin. I mean, yeah, that's fine. Like both people can still say stuff, but everything hinges on the crux uh, of Christianity for um, Jesus, the person of Jesus. Even the three religions that claim to follow the same God, the claim is there. Um, dispute whether or not they do, they don't, but the claim is there. So Judaism, Islam, and Christianity all claim to follow the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham. Um, but it all, so even they can get along on that usually, but it's whenever you talk about Jesus, that's where everything hinges on. So what you're saying, yeah, if something is good, if something lines with the Bible, great, wonderful. So the whole point and getting into the, the devil thing yesterday, if it doesn't point you to Jesus of the Bible and it just says like he was a good guy or he was an okay guy, but he wasn't God and you know, he didn't die or anything like that. That's the only part in, in Christianity that we really hinge on because you can believe 99% of Christianity, but if you neglect the fact that Jesus is death, burial, resurrection, has the power to save and forgive and is God to give you eternal life, that's the only point uh, that, that will keep you from God. So if you believe all of Christianity except the Jesus part, that, that's what we're saying. So like if there's a book that's like, you know, if Islam, it's not. But if it was basically like 99% Christian, the Christian Bible, and the only thing, and you're like, oh, I, I believe this. I'm a Christian because, you know, I, I follow Islam, which is basically the whole Bible. Um, the only difference is they say Jesus was just a prophet and is not God. That's all it takes to keep someone apart from God. Uh, anyway, hope that clarifies it. All hinges on the person of Jesus. Yes, thank you. It's very clear. And I like how you focused on Islam. I forgot, were you, oh yeah, you were Muslim, right? Yeah. I, I remember, right, because we were both called a Satanist I, yesterday. <laughs> I, I, nev I never identified my religion yet. Oh, okay, I thought you did. Well, do you have a religion or lack thereof? I only identify as a male. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I heard Muslim, but okay, yeah. So, did anyone else have anything to say about that, Chris? Did I say anything worthy of being burned at the stake? So, sounds like you covered it. Uh, brother, so, you know, What's up, brother? Uh, uh, Nate, can I say one thing really quick? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, for, for all we know with Thomas, like, you know, maybe it did start out with some inspiration from Thomas and then other people added it later. So that's why I just added other stuff later. So, I mean, that's why I just think it's a really complicated matter. Because there is stuff in there to his point that seems pretty solid, right? I agree with you. There's some stuff that's way off, but there's some stuff in there that's also very solid. Well, sure. I mean, you know, the book of Satan has some stuff the Bible would agree with. I mean, you know, like... Uh, Levain, I wouldn't I mean, put those you know. on a scale with each other. <laughs>
Well, hold, hold on, hold on. I'm talking about like doing like all like you know, there's some like altruistic stuff you could take from it and say, oh well, you know, uh, you know, do as thou wilt, but also, uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's presented from like a selfish context, but you could pull some altruistic stuff about you know like don't you know harm other people, like you know do as you will, but not to the point of harming others. So uh, something like that, you could say, well, that's kind of like the golden rule, sort of. So I mean, you can you can pull and twist from pretty much polar opposites and still make a case for it. Um, but yeah, that doesn't mean it's good or it's right. It just means there happens to be some overlap. Like if the Bible talks about the sun and, you know, some like occult also talks about the sun. Well, great. They have similarities. They both talk about the sun. Not that that has anything to do with someone's eternal destiny. But I mean, you know, if they're if they're making an objective, observable point that's true. Well, sure. But, you know, if Jesus says, love your enemies and, you know, that LeVay would say, you know, he w oh, OK, let's not LeVay. He wouldn't say this. Um, but if Jesus says, love your enemies and someone else says, no, murder them, put their heads on a pike. Well, now, obviously, there's a conflict. Welcome, brother. Did you have anything to say? <laughs> feel like I'm tiptoeing around lava pits today. Uh-oh, uh, brother. <clears throat> oh, there you are. I'm here. I was just uh, listening mainly. I just had a thought on the uh, conjoined twins. You know, there's real-life situation like that with the uh, Hensel twins, a couple sisters, and just, uh, her body looks like a, a normal body, but she's got like two heads because uh, she's conjoined laterally. And, uh, you know, they each have arm and leg and they had to learn how to walk, you know, using two brains instead of one and stuff like that. But So it's a real life uh, situation. And uh, often it caused me to think about it. You know, what if they wanted to get married and all that kind of stuff? And uh, the way if I was a church leader, I would just say that, uh, you know, you'd have to make s special circumstances for people like that, you know, uh, whether they can have one husband or two husbands, you know, it's just in a unique situation, you know, uh, in the church, there's liberty, you know, you got the old covenant laws, you know, and, but, uh, you know, there's liberty in the church, you know, and if they wanted to get married to one man or two men or however, you know, uh, I, as a church leader, I would make uh, special circumstances on that. But y'all can look them up, the Hensel twins. You know, there's pictures all over the place. Hey, yeah, and I mean, I mean I'm sure, it would, gosh, it would probably turn into some, let me just keep offending people. Um, it would probably turn into like, you know, to, to do this, like in a way that like everyone, most people would be at peace with. It would be like some kind of like Mormon thing, how that like, you know, cover the person with a sheet and like, I don't know, cut a hole in the sheet. And like, I, I don't even I can't even I can't even go there. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. But goodness, I'll, I'll just stick to my wife. Yeah, um, you know, put a sheet over them, but, but don't put a pillow over them so they can still breathe. Right? <laughs> could, I make um, one, could I make one comment on this top random topic? Oh, Veritas. Yes, I've been meaning to get to you. Sorry. Yeah, so I would say that actually the exact language of the topic um, is actually in the Bible. The Bible talks about marriage uh, to become one flesh, right? So if two are already one flesh, according to the actual wording of the Bible, two are already one flesh. So marrying someone that is one flesh marrying of one flesh would be uh, – it should be a legitimate marriage because – yeah, again, the Bible doesn't talk. I wouldn't consider that polygamy um, because, again, they're already to become one flesh. So they're li that's their starting the the conjoining twins. 
that's our that's already their starting point is to become one flesh. So in marriage, it's the same language to become one flesh. And in this, so in their case, they're actually double that. They're like the, the doublement twins. <laughs> Does that make sense? I I'm ten foot pole, please. I'm not touching that one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, kind of like the topic of um, uh, amorphodites. It's it's another sensitive subject. I would say that like I I think it would be kind of hard to choose like if you're marrying the opposite sex or not. But probably since if if they were born um, with deformities or, or additives, however you want to say it, right? I would say that they they could legitimately marry one another. So maybe like uh, actually that would be that would probably be the almost the best choice because that would actually take take that would answer the question of of two couples you see what i'm saying like two like two two female adjoining twins and two male adjoining twins that would solve the case for both of them does that make sense so like an uh, amorphodite with both sexes would would definitely have a legitimacy to marry another uh, um uh amorphodite so if i'm saying that right amorph uh, yeah does that make sense uh, it makes sense, but my brain because is they would literally be marrying. Well, they would literally be marrying like um, of their own kind. Well, except so, except know, then, just... well, with the well, we're talking about two things: hermaphrodites and conjoined twins. With the conjoined twins, that would be tough because you know if you're if you're marrying, <clears> it's like it, you if you marry this person, then you've got two heads but one body. So if they had two husbands, then those husbands are sharing that one body, which is that, that's kind of like more weird. Like, because then it's like, well, yeah, you're each married to a, a different head. Somebody. You're each married to a different head, but you've got the same body. So I'm like, well, no, stay out, stay out of my wife's body. But like, no, it's my wife's body. Like, yeah, just, just, just be <laughs> celibate, everyone. Just, just be a nun. Yeah. So I, I'm insulting uh, everybody involved in the marriage relationship and everything. But you know, the Bible says that men make people into eunuchs, and God makes people into eunuchs, and you know, if you're born a hermaphrodite, maybe, you know, we could say God made you that way. And did he make you a eunuch? Should you uh, keep to yourself or should, should you have a special allowance? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting thought experiment. Michael, I blame you. I blame you for today. You can blame everything on me. I told you, I told you my purpose for today. I was very clear. Maybe I need to. Maybe Are I need to. Speaking. You. What's up? Uh, do you have a new topic on your mind by any chance? I do. Please. I, I didn't want to interrupt. I know everybody wants to talk about hermaphrodites. I don't. No, no. Please give us a new topic. Please, please, please. <laughs> Nate, what are your thoughts on divine simplicity? Oh, crap. Okay, so let's go back to hermaphrodites. <laughs> Say this in normal people words. Every, every time I hear big words, no matter how many times I hear it, I will never remember it. Okay. okay it's, I, I already um, want to guess what. Yeah. The the idea that God isn't composed of parts, um, that his attributes aren't really distinct from each other, but they're identical, intrinsic to himself. That, that God is identical better. to his love. God is identical to his existence. He's not composed of existence and essence for oh, his boy. attributes. My answer is just repent and believe the gospel. Yeah. So, like, are we saying like, if if God is love, then does that does that mean um, like 
God is God, but then God does love versus if you say, uh, what is love? Well, well, that is God because God, God is the thing. Is that what you're well, saying? It's, yeah, it's like, it's not so like, like God how is say... mercy. God is vengeance. God is judgment. So it's like, God doesn't judge. God doesn't dole out vengeance. God is judgment and God is vengeance. Well, it's not that he thing. doesn't judge, but like God is, God isn't merely loving, right? He is love. Like he's identical to his love. This is what I was actually just thinking about not too long ago, right? So historically, right, the essence of God is that he is love. He is merciful. He's all of these things equally all at the same time. But then how does it become, right, that he's not, that he's not composite, right? I, I, I actually think this is, I think this is easily, easily answerable. Um, it, it does, it does require us to somewhat anthropomorphize God. However, the Bible does that all the time. So, um, so Nate, you are, uh, you're a husband, right? You're a father. You are, I don't know if you have siblings, but if you are, you know, if you do, then you're a brother. Uh, you may be an uncle or a nephew or, you know, one day you'll be a grandfather. So, um, I, I think it is possible to, you know, to to compartmentalize these types of things. And even I, like as an atheist, like, I mean, you know, First John 4, yeah, First John 4 says God is love, right? But um, there are lots of other Bible verses that talk about lots of other properties. So it, it's not a big deal to just put these, uh, you know, properties of, right? And if, the, I, th I think the, the prospect of, of divine simplicity almost almost oversimplifies it right because if if these things are true then we're talking about the omnipotent creator of all things so it's almost like we're trying to put him it whatever it is into this box for us to make it easier by what it is rather than what it may actually be yes yeah, so i think that helps michael so I'm just going to let you answer for me from now on. Just kidding. Um, but I will let you pick a fight for me. Next time there's someone you want to pick a fight with, do it on my behalf. Um, but I would say, yeah, my first, my first thought would not be to say, you know, God is all of these things. I'd be like, God is God. And I mean, you know, like the scripture says, let's say, well, he is love. Does that then mean he, he is all of these, like what we would call attributes? Like God, you know, is this, God is that. I'd say, no, God is God. Uh, but then my second thought would be if someone wants to make an argument like, well, God sustains, you know, everything. Like nothing exists without God sustaining it. So if you want to say in that sense, like I could be persuaded, but then that would be the same line as saying, well, God is a tree. Because if God is not the tree, then that tree would not exist because God sustains and upholds everything. So everything that is sustained and upheld by God, God is. Uh, again, so I, I, I would never say God is a tree. Um, so that would be my thought. But then my real thought is... Um, how we talk about secondary and tertiary issues, this is like a quadrillionary issue away from anything to do with salvation, in my humble opinion. So I would say what I said and not push back too hard on anyone that believes opposite because it's, it's just not worth it. Um, yeah, so I, I think it could go either way, but it's it's very, very, very deep down a theological rabbit hole. That plays no part on my uh, salvation. Um, I was just Thank saying, God. Keep, 
Kyoto, could could you break down for me? Like I said, I, I, I've just been getting into this stuff. So yeah. right, I know, I know historically, right, we would say that God's essence is, right, is his attributes. But how, how does it, how do we, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. I lost the word that I wanted to say. Um, I guess, how do we rationalize? How, how do we come to the understanding that even though his essence is his attributes, that he is then not made up of parts? Right. That's a good, that's a good, it's a good question. I think, and, and I think this will tie into what I wanted to say to Nate and the, the reason why the, uh, like uh, not not even just my particular reform tradition, but like pretty much all of Christianity historically wanted to, wants to reject the idea that God is composed of parts is because it means that God is dependent on something that is not identical to himself, right? We want to say that God is completely independent and uh, not not dependent on something that's not himself. Uh, and so the, the way that we have gone about answering this question is just to say, that God is identical to his attributes. He doesn't participate in these attributes like how we do. He just is identical to them. Um, and, his, and his attributes, the, the reason those are not parts is because they are identical to each other, right? So there's just one simple divine essence, um, and that, that is love, that is wrath, that is justice. All his attributes are, are one simple substance. Uh, Chris, I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, divine simplicity is kind of a first order doctrine. Um, we don't necessarily have to understand it to be saved, but if we reject divine simplicity, um, that causes all sorts of problems with the Christian worldview, like all sorts. So it's just, it's one of those things. You don't have to know what it means. You don't have to know the, the, the easiest thing for you to say is yes god is not composed of parts and just and so and so the god not being composed of parts oh wait uh, so you and kyoto are on the same page is that right you're both saying god is not composed of parts or no is both both of you saying that okay so so okay so uh in uh, if someone uses a deep philosophical world Mike is Michael's going to pick a fight with him on my behalf. So in the most lay terms, God not being composed of parts means that, uh, wh- which way, like God is or is not all of these attributes. God, God is, if, if, if divine simplicity is true and he's not composed of parts, God is identical to his attributes. He's not composed of them. That did not make it better. Uh, Chris, you try. Here, let me, let me, <laughs> Here, let me, let me try and explain what a part is maybe. Um, okay, good. So a part is just something that is contributing to the whole, but not identical to the whole. It's less than the whole, right? So in if God case, was... Part, in, wait, hang on. In this case, is a part like like love or justice? Is that what we're calling a part? Well, we wouldn't say that it's a part, but if you reject divine... Like if the attributes aren't each other or if God isn't identical to his attributes, then that would mean that, uh, yes, his love is an essential property of himself, but it's not... It's, it's not everything that God is. There are other really distinct things that, that God needs in order to be God, right? So he needs his justice, which is really distinct from his love. Um, therefore, his justice and love are really distinct, and they both contribute to the whole, meaning that they're parts. Okay, so God is God, 
so God is God, but God is not justice, vengeance, etc. He just does those things, but he not he is not those things. No, it's the oh my opposite. gosh, I don't care. Repent, believe it's the gospel. The opposite. Wait, wait, wait. You got <laughs> it wrong. Wait, are you? Wait, are you, are you just? No, I was wait, asking you, a question. I wasn't. I wasn't proclaiming. I was questioning. So, okay, oh, so, okay, okay. Yeah, no, we would reject that. We would say that let, God let is me try, let me try Okay, so like the scripture talks about like, let's just say love. Like the scripture says God is love. So go from there. Yeah, God is materially identical to his love and his justice and all his attributes. Yeah. All There's no his composition in God. So I, identical, but not the actual thing or identical meaning the actual thing. I did. Right, God is, well, so what he means, Kyoto, let me do some let me do some translation. What he means is God is not just an amorphous idea of love. Right? So what we would say is that God is identical to his attributes equally for all of his attributes. That he is not made up of parts. Does that does that make sense, Nate? But he's not but it's not that he's a floating justice or an amalgamation of justice and love and all these other necessary attributes. So basically the, the bad idea is if someone could somehow take away justice, like wipe justice out of the existence of everything, then they would wipe out God because God would need justice to be God. So if you wipe out one thing, if you're able to, then that would make God incomplete, thus taking away God. Now you're getting it. No, oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. I'm just going to say that next time. So, okay, great. So what I've learned about divine simplicity is it is not simple at all. Um, uh, okay. So, so that, that is the ironic it. thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so divine, okay. So divine, just to wrap this up, I think I, I think I'm getting it. Okay. So it's like a puzzle. If you're saying you have love, mercy, justice, vengeance, da, da, da. And I put this puzzle and the puzzle makes God. Then if you take away one of those puzzle pieces, there is no God, and you take away God. That That is the correct way to say one of those positions. Which position is that saying? That That's saying the bad position. Yeah, that's the bad position. Right. Because, okay, like, and the bad position is called? What's the name of the bad position? It's just uh, heresy. Divine, okay, so divine simplicity is the opposite of that. Yeah. Divine simplicity so is like you have a puzzle, and then you try to take a piece, but you can't because it's all one thing. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's bad is because if God is like the whole puzzle piece, right? He's he's composed of all these different puzzle pieces. Um, that and you take away that puzzle piece, and you no longer have. That means that 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 any given puzzle piece in the puzzle, uh, God is dependent upon in order to be God. But it, the, that individual puzzle piece is not God Himself, right? Because it's less than the whole. So God would be dependent on something other than himself, which would be the problem. I got it. Right. So this is why when people are like, God is love, and they ignore all of his other attributes, that's why they fall into error. God is not made up of parts. He's not 10% love and 14% justice and 11% mercy. Like, it's just, that's not a correct conception of who God is. It's it's funny, right? Because so less charitable, Michael. Um, would just sit back and and poke at the hilarity of this from a from a from a special pleading perspective, but but when I'm talking to like so when I'm talking to Christians and I and I try to put on my again Nate my hat of you know charity plus five, um, what it, what it, what I try to do is 
you know, it is is accept the fact that you know Christians, believers, you know, these are uh, what I what I try to do is accept that these are things that people believe, right? Like you've said before, you know, these are things that I believe. I don't I don't you know proclaim to be able to prove these things, but these these are things that I believe. These are things that I'm convinced are true. Okay, fine. Um, because like so, what I heard through all of that explanation is God is special. Right. And I get that. Right. So, you know, he 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 is, you know, it's like I, maybe Chris would say, you know, he's he's 100 percent love, but he's also 100 percent justice and he's also 100 percent X, Y, Z, ABC, whatever it happens to be. Um, and all of those things together make up 100 percent of who he is. And 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 that's fine because. The, the the concept in and of itself is, quote unquote, special. Right. And and I'm not meaning that from the from the from the fallacious perspective, but. The, the concept of that is special. So when someone tells me they believe that, I'm like, okay, cool, right? But it's, it is, for some people, they can reconcile that as simple. It makes my brain scramble because it, it seems to be the antithesis of simple. Um, and as evident by the last 15 minutes of, of trying to be explained by three or four different people. But it's it, it almost seems to me to be a point not worth not necessarily worth arguing. Um, you know, it's like you can say, you know, do you adhere to the, you know, you know, idea of divine simplicity? Sure. Um, and then maybe just move on to the next thing because otherwise Nate's brain will just break. Well, I want to ask Chris, yeah. like, are you guys proud of me for hanging with the song? Like, this is normally where I'd hand it over to Chris, right. like, yesterday and take off, but it's too early for me to leave yet, so I, I bared through it. But I'm glad I, I did because one thing, it, it did teach me some proper wording, uh, but the biggest thing is, turns out, I, I believe this, like what you guys are saying my entire Christian life and it has not caused one hiccup whatsoever until someone brought up the deep terminology of what it actually is. Um, so yeah, less is more. Uh, but I, do I get a medal, Chris, for sticking it out? You do. Nate, would you mind if I ask one more question about divine simplicity? Oh yeah. And I was going to ask Avion if that helped you too. And uh, then also I want to ask God if I get a star in my crown for bearing through this, but yes, Avion, go get a star in your crown. But let, um, me, let me just warn you? you guys. So wait, wait, real quick, Avion, we talk about divine simplicity for hours a day on here. So go. Um, I was wondering if you can give a more distinct definition on definitive, I don't even know if this is the correct term, correct me if I'm wrong, definitive defined simplicity and just defined simplicity. Oh, you mean absolute defined simplicity? Absolute. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, so absolute divine simplicity, well, really it's just defined simplicity in my opinion, right? People call like uh, the stricter view of divine simplicity absolute divine simplicity. Uh, because we say that the attributes are identical to each other in order to uh, maintain that they are not parts, because if they're not identical to each other and they're really distinct, then it would just logically follow that they're parts. Um, and, and, by the, and by the way, I don't know if there may not be any any more questions that are asked of us. I will say there's a lot of things that need to be like explained that we couldn't explain in like probably the time that Nate wants us to allow us to talk about the subject. So if you, I have, if you do have questions, like you can ask me, but also like there's, there's probably going to be other things. So you might want to go Could we like, read stuff about it this later today. Yeah. 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 For sure. Well, awesome. absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, if you guys know Yensinius, he's also good with this stuff too. I know he comes in here sometimes. Right. Well, uh, 
Hello, hello, everybody. I also have uh, questions when I get a chance. Thank you. I was you. about to call on you, but uh, Aviana, did you have a last thought real quick? No, That's yeah, not to response. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say my husband is in seminary, so we talk about this a little bit, but he doesn't have like a lot of time, and I, I think sometimes I'm just asking him questions like all the all the time, so it's like I'm trying to get a free, <laughs> free seminary training, so maybe asking somebody else will give him a break. Just a little lighthearted <laughs> dinner conversation, just really easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, Solve. What's up, Solve? Thank you so very much. I'm grateful for this opportunity, and um, I wish you more grace uh, to you all. Mm. My questions, number one, having Gospel of John chapter 17, the prayer of uh, Christ Jesus about uh, Christians, believers, why Christianity is so divided? What the rationale behind? Is it about the message of the gospel or is it about mullah, money, and um, getting worship from uh, man? That is one question. The second one is, other than being uh, addressed as uh, brothers and sisters, is there anything in the Bible that lets uh, um, Christians to take any titles like Pope, Cardinal, Bishop, Pastor, Singer, this and that? Sec third, is tithing thing? Yeah, is tithing Christian thing? Is it not going back to old covenant? Third, do we say like just going one at a time with that, Nate? That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, even I have not started, bro. Thank you so very much. Uh, let's keep let's keep counting. Um, uh, do we really Christians sell hymns, books, and so on? in the name of uh, gospel. Um, another, like speaking in tongue situation. Did you ask me yeah, one question? Can woman lead the church? Can one man lead the church? Is Christmas Christian holiday? Is <laughs> okay, is okay, hang on. This is too much. Christmas okay, so holiday. Wait, wait, okay. I tried to intervene. I tried. I, to I know, I know, I know. Hang on. Okay, right, solve, solve. Hang on, solve. When Wait. I get a chance, I want to continue. Uh, okay, hang on. Which one of these would you like us to actually answer first? Okay, the last, the very last one. Christmas one and last. is it Christian holidays? Go ahead. Thank yes, Christmas. Christmas is a Christian holiday. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. I would yep. There you go. That's, okay. That's your answer. That is capital. No, no, no. Just uh, because that's honest. not what December twenty fifth originally was, it doesn't make it any less Christmas. Uh, only two things: water baptism and breaking the bread. Those are the only two things that we follow. Michael, you can pick a Christ, on my behalf if you don't like. Christmas and Easter, it's a pagan thing. Okay, so so do you wanna do you wanna actually have Christians answer these, or do you just want a monologue? Monologue means uh, no. I I know. <laughs> I, oh, uh, here's the thing: all the questions 
that I raised are non-Christian things. Okay. Would you like to do the Christmas one and hear a position of why it's okay to celebrate it and then hear from a Christian why it's not okay? Because you, there's different opinions in, in the room about different subjects Yes, that you've asked. Can I, can I explain why we, 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 have, we don't have to celebrate? Can I explain that? Well, no one says you have to celebrate. What was that? Nobody's saying you must celebrate it. I don't believe uh, celebrating uh, it, but not for the reason that you do. I, I just oh. want to know. See, you get a lot of background noise. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to share why we don't have to celebrate. What I'm saying is it's not something that we lightly uh, like uh, take it. We have to think seriously why it is not stated when Christ was born. Okay, so, so first of all, before you get into that, and again, we've heard all the arguments before. We don't care. Um, so what is your background? What tradition are you coming from? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Saul, I just want to kind of shortcut this. Saul, do you celebrate birthdays? Birthdays? Yes. That is that is not my culture, but I don't object on that. There is a rationale behind on that. There is a rationale behind why I I, I have I should not celebrate the birth of Christ. There is a rationale. Your no, birthday. Do you celebrate your birthday? Even I don't know my birthday. Like I took I took a guess. My mom knows only the event when I was born. Then I took my school years and then plus minus. That is not in our uh, culture. Okay. Okay. So you don't celebrate birthdays at all in general. Every every single time. For example, right now it's my birthday. Tomorrow my birthday. Things like that. That's how my mindset works. Okay. Happy birthday. What about, when, what about, when, when, when it comes to Christ's birthday, I should not celebrate that. And there is a rational that I wanna share. Okay, I can share. What about other secular holidays? Other secular holidays, as far as like the traditions of men, I don't object on that. But when it comes to Christ's birthday and Easter, we Christians should not celebrate those. Okay. There is a so, rush. So, you, so oh. you're claiming to be a Christian. What tradition are you coming from? Okay, cool. I grew up in uh, what commonly called Protestant uh, sect, which I do reject itself. Like... When, uh, when, uh, when you read your Bible, pair Gospel of John chapter 17, this old classification of Christianity is against the prayer of Christ. So right now, I uh, am out of that sect. I consider myself Christian. That's it. So, not Catholic. So do you go Catholic, to a church? Not Catholic. Hold on. Not Catholic. Not Evangelical. Not uh, uh, Orthodox, only believer in Christ, Christian. I, that's I enjoy your apophaticism, but what I what I really want to know is: Are you a member of a local church anywhere? In a place where I am residing right now, there is no church that strictly follows uh, the Bible. But in the world, I have Christians. I got Christians that follows. I can share you the website. Hold on. Ask me. Let me finish my answer. www.cfcindia.com 
CFC uh, India. Please write it down. Could you type CFC it for us? India. Can you those type it in are, for us? Hold on, my friends. I, I will be done. Those are Christians that I saw them following the scripture on everything, on everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking if I'm asking if you can type the link in chat. Absolutely, my brother. Okay, that'd be great because we want to examine this website. That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, like I, I just sent a message to Nate. It sounded like, um, and I don't think so at, at the end of it, but he was, he was like, saw you were kind of dancing close to kind of a JW perspective. That's why I asked you about birthdays and secular holidays. But I, I don't think that that's the, I don't think that's what you're following. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I have a feeling that JWs are going to look very, very close to us compared to what we're about to find. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, hang on real fast. Uh, Milos, I also noticed you've been here for a while. Um, did you have a thought or question? Oh, I just typed it in uh, in the oh. room chat. I was just commenting about absolute divine simplicity and just saying that typically that term it distinguishes the Thomistic form of divine simplicity from the Palamite form of divine simplicity, where it affirms that Christ, uh, that God's sense is identical to his energy, right? That's typically what ADS means. But CFC, yeah. the Church of Zach Poonin, who um, uh, is frequently featured on sermonindex.com. Uh, oh. Miles, are you orthodox? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm so. Well, I, I of course I'm Orthodox. I'm a Baptist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, just like I'm Catholic. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm are the... you looking up that website out of curiosity? Oh no, I haven't. Is it typing in? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's CF, no, okay. uh, CF India. Oh, CFC. CFC India. India, Christian Fellowship Church in India, and. The there are so many uh, churches independently under the lordship of christ not hierarchical not like a coca-cola company no every church independently under the leadership of christ as the churches yeah. in the bible well for Thank the record you, like yeah you mentioned something about like you know coca-cola like i get it i would make those jokes too i don't know if you think we're all catholics because you ask about like titles like bishops popes all this stuff um, there's nobody here that thinks that's proper. So if that's what you think, um, no, I think what the Bible says about, you know, there are, there are certain titles, you know, like pastor and things like that, but there are no invented guys with funny robes or hats or popes or any of that. We would all, we would all say that's not biblical. Even those pastors, teachers, only the function not to take as a title. We can uh, we can check uh, that consistently. Yeah, co like, okay, cool. Well, hang on, not just in function, like unless we want to, like whenever I read it in the Bible and it talks about qualifications for a pastor, if you're saying only pastors can be the function, so like, you know, we, they, can, they can do the function of a pastor, but it still gives qualifications. So like if you say, hey, where's, where's Steve? And they're like, who's Steve? And they're like, oh, well, well he's the pastor. Um, pastor Steve, right? Because the Bible gives qualifications. Like, you know, it has to has to be the husband of one wife, have good children, be respected, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, I mean, if you're making a big deal about title and function, I would say I would not. 
Oh, there is a rationale why I seriously uh, take this job. Um, there is a rationale. If I get a, uh, if I get like ample time, there is a rationale. Look, every debate, every uh, deviation from the scripture, we, we may consider is like tiny thing. Oh my goodness. Well, can if, I ask you a question real fast? You said ample time. No one has, I think, as ample of time as you would need. Uh, but can I ask you a question? Sometimes when we just meet people who say they're Christians and we, we're trying to get on the some, same page, we'll, we'll just ask them kind of, you know, some, some basic questions to see if we all, all agree. Um, so it seems like you're a very strict adherent to the scripture. Um, could, you, could you just like tell us in your view, like what the gospel is? Like when Jesus says, you know, repent and believe the gospel, like how, how does someone get, get saved or get this eternal life Jesus talks about? Could you just tell us real quickly like that to see if we're kind of on the same page? Absolutely, my brother. Absolutely. Um, depending on the total sacrifice of Christ for our salvation, like what his birth, his suffering as a one human being, a spiritual human being, even though he was a God, he is God and he will be God. His crucifixion, his resurrection, his coming, everything, complete dependence, believing in Christ. Everything on what he did for us. Everything. And so if, someone, if someone hears what you're saying and says, well, that sounds good, but um, what are I... What are I? Oh, Chris, that's a lot of feedback. So if um, if someone says, "Well, I hear what you're saying, and that sounds pretty good," but uh, what do I what do I do now? Like, what do I actually do? Do I have to go to church or say a prayer or give money to someone? Like, what what do I actually do now? What would you say? You believe, you believe on what Christ has done for you, and then. By the grace of God, you try to live your Christian life and have a fellowship with other believers. That's it. The church is the body of Christ, right? Each of each each one of us together. So the the most important thing is the fellowship with others. Anyone fellowship in truth. Fellowship in truths, not truths and some something else. Only in truths. Thank you. Anyone got a follow-up form? I didn't get what what, what did you say? I didn't oh, I was asking that. if anyone else had a uh, question for you. Or Chris, uh, are you uh, web crawling? Yeah, I just looked up the guy um, who seems to be ahead of this, Zach Poonin. And I mean... Uh, like uh, like on the face of it, um, I I would uh, I mean you know again opinion of a heathen, um, the, the organization uh, on very very quick examination looks pretty Christian to me. Um, you know talks about fellowship, talks about you know Jesus and all that stuff. So yeah. Oh well, if anyone wants to, uh, oh quick question: uh, Do you happen to believe in the <laughs> Chris? Is going to call me out. I'll just say the question. Um, so, Chris, claiming monotheism while believing in a trinity is a problem. I'm not denying that God isn't fully conceivable. 
care to speak to that? Right, that, that that was nonsense. Uh, yeah, that's that's not even a that's not even a, a like that doesn't even make any sense. Um, so yeah, we've run into Chief before. I believe he's a Hebrew Israelite. Um, so yeah, the Trinity is the only description of God that makes any sense at all, both from human reason and from a reading of the scriptures. And so we would. Um, say that God in his triune nature logically is the only possibility. And we would say that scripturally, the Trinity is absolutely described throughout the scripture. And we arrive at the Trinity, not through a series of proof texts, but we arrive at the Trinity through doing proper systematic theology. This is what the church fathers did to arrive at the doctrine of the Trinity because it is simply assumed in scripture rather than um, put out there with like, here's 16 proof texts, like first John five, seven, that was added things like that. Uh, do you have any questions Anything for uh, solve or. Um... What, I well, well, I yeah. Well, what... Chris, if Why he had any the, questions for you. Wait, does Saul believe in the Trinity? Here's the thing. That is, uh, uh, that's a good question. Here's the thing. God to be God, he has to be beyond my understanding because he is creator and I am a created being. And it's Look, I cannot if I comprehend my God, that God cannot be God. So, God through um, age is speaking to humanity in different ways, in nature and in different ways. Finally, he came in person and explained to us about himself. So, I can only believe what he tells me about himself. So when he described who God is, that is the way they crown God. Three in person, one in essence. Is this beyond my understanding? Absolutely, it is beyond. That is one proof why I believe in God. God to be God, he has to be beyond my understanding. I can only comprehend what he tells me about himself. Thank you. More grace to you all. It sounds like so he said that you do believe in the Trinity. I think he said he does believe in the Trinity, yes. Okay, nice. Okay. Yeah, because his, his, the website he gave us does affirm the Trinity. That's the first thing I searched for. <laughs> Because they have a they have a short statement of faith and they have a longer statement of faith, and then I just did a word search for try, and I got lots of doctrine, which is good, and I got the triune God. So, so there you go. Um, but uh, I would say, uh, yeah, to, to Chief Red, I mean, here's the thing, my friend, if you would like to kind of sit with us in a different room 
and talk through the doctrine of the Trinity and how it's derived and what the scriptures are. And, you know, we can, we can walk through what divine subsistences mean and what procession means and all of these other things so that you can understand the doctrine of the Trinity. Because right now what you understand is not the doctrine of the Trinity. And I don't think you could possibly describe it if you tried, because it sounds like you don't know what it is. So, there you are go. We actually, have we actually ran out of steam? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, well, Chief Red claims to know what the Trinity is. If he wants to come up here and talk about it, we can oh, for a minute or two. But, I mean, he, he wouldn't possibly be able to describe the Trinity in any meaningful way. I'm because the, the things he's saying is telling me that he just is completely ignorant. His profile contains one of my favorite uh, anti-Christian statements. It says that the Trinity is a paganistic concept, right? I would love for Chief Fred to come up here and tell us which pagan religion believes in a triune God. I'm, I guarantee you won't be able to. It's Mithras. It's Mithras, Marlis. Oh, dang. Nice. Yeah, he yeah. says he's driving. See? There you go. See, Christians Wait. are pwned. How how can he type while he's in the car but not speak? Are you texting and driving? Don't do that. I hope not. I hope it's he's at a red light. Let's pray that he's at a red light. Being in the to... car doesn't mean that he's driving the car, right? Oh, maybe. Okay. They'll try to use um like old. Um, I can't remember if it's Buddhist or Hindu. I think it's Hindu. Um, I think they'll try to use like Krishna or like Vishnu and stuff like that. Um, but they, it's different. It's that they're, um, the being, right, is not, is not one. Right. The, the Trimurtri is what it's sometimes called in Hinduism. Um, but on some views of Hinduism, you'll see that they're, they're said to be um, uh, aligned in some way. But you, you won't find the premise that these three specifically are united as one. There's certain views of Hinduism that say that everything is united one as one. So sometimes people say, oh, look, these are three gods in Hinduism. And some forms of Hinduism believe everything to be united as one. So therefore, this is a trinity. But it's not. It's an infinity or something like that, right? So you won't find the, the, the idea that there's some sort of triune belief in the God um, in, in some sort of pagan uh, content. I'm a little rusty on my Hinduism. Um, I always thought Shiva the Destroyer was the blue chick with like a thousand arms. Um, someone told me that was a dude. Shiva's a dude. So can someone refresh me on it's my... A huh? It's a dub. Well, well I, I can't really understand you. So someone said Shiva is a dude. I thought Shiva was the blue chick. Is the blue chick not Shiva? So uh, Shiva, Vishnu, and the, the third one that I can't remember right now, but they're part Ganesh. of what's called the Trimurti. No, nah, I don't think it's Ganesh. Oh. They're part of the Trimurti, which is the three like like highest gods in, in Hinduism. They All three of them have three wives that are called the, uh, the um, something else. I, I can't remember the word, right? Yeah, Brahma is the third one, right? And so those three are typically conceived of as male, but there is this weird blurring of the lines between male and female in a lot of the godlike depictions of uh, Hindu deities.
Oh, so is it Vishnu then? Uh... It's Brahma, Vishnu, and Ganesh. Well, then where's Shiva? Is Shiva not one of them? Shiva's, no, it's, a, it's, like, Shiva, Shiva's not Shiva, part of the, of the and god. Brahma. Uh, Ganesh no. is a minor god in uh, Hinduism. Okay, wait. So if oh, Vishnu okay. is okay. So okay. So Vishnu looks also blue with lots of arms. So is Shiva? If Vishnu is a blue dude with lots of arms, is Shiva a blue girl with lots of arms? No. Well, typically not. What you're probably thinking of is um, Kali, which is the agent of Shiva in the destruction of this cycle. Oh, good lord! Just repent and believe the gospel, people. <laughs> so Quick. the the blue skinness is an indication of of divinity or like ascendance in in Hindu like beliefs in general, right? Um, this is why Krishna in um uh, the Bhagavad Gita, for example, is named Krishna, which means like the blue or the black skinned one, right? That that kind of bluish black skin is an indication of divinity, right? Now Kali has the black skin. It's she's usually depicted as a like completely black skinned uh, thing with a bunch of weapons and like six arms, and her tongue out, a red tongue cu coming out. And she's supposed to be the one that invites the destruction of this cycle of the world. Quick goodbye message, my friend. Yes. Very brief. Thank you so very much. Um. About time and life, I read like very important like message or like understanding the, those concepts. What is time? What is life? Um, for those of you who are in Christ, more grace to you. For those of you who are not, please, my friends, for creation. There is a past, present, and future for our creator. It's only now. So if we are not in Christ now, we are in trouble. And about life, I read, life is a time given to us to determine our destiny. So I beseech you, I, I beg you, um, let's come to Christ. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, that is uh, one. About time, they say time is the occurrence of one event after the other. Time management, controlling those events actively, they say. Please, let us not waste our time given to us so that we see the life who is Christ Jesus. More grace to you all. I enjoyed the fellowship. And bye for now. Thank you. Take care. Have a good uh, evening. Yeah, have a better one. Thank you so very much. God bless. Amen. More grace to you all. All right. So between that and divine simplicity, <laughs> um, I'm out of here. Chris, you want to stay and keep it going? Anyone want to stay and keep it going? I got to I gotta I mean, run. We can. Um, Kyoto and Anson, do you guys feel like folding more atheists today? No. Oh, Michael, this is where you get to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. 
All right, Actually, Chris, I just my way into a meeting. It was awesome. It was yesterday. It was like, it was like the different levels of Pokemon. Like it became a Pokemon gym <laughs> where like Tyler is just like folding atheist after atheist. And then like they keep bringing up their bigger guns until they get all the way to the final boss of Jack Angstrike. And then he fails. It was beautiful. Is that, is that on replay? Oh, it's on replay, baby. Oh, it's on replay. It's pretty good. Hey, Chris, I, mean, I was going to say, Chris, I uh, 